right, Jen. All right. Formal greeting. Yeah, why not? Well, <laughs> well, welcome everyone. All ten of you who listened to the last podcast. I hope you're back again for this one. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just ten people who've listened. I don't even know. If they've I listened think, all the I way think, through, they've started. No, I think, I think four people have listened to the second one, at least. Okay, don't downplay it too much. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, we haven't got the data for Spotify. We could be doing really well. Right, okay, so we're on Spotify. We are on Spotify. Well, that sounds posh enough for me. So Anyway, right, okay, enough, enough drivel, or is it dribble? <laughs> oh, God, right, come on. Okay, um, well, hello, I'm Holly. Hi, I'm Jenny. Lovely. Um, same format as usual. We've got a deep dive, chuckle, into Goodfellas mm-hmm. this week. Um, we've got the usual, um, what we've watched this week, recommendations, what's coming out on DVD, Netflix, TV, etc. in the, in the um, ensuing few days. And then there's my quiz questions, which is, I know, the real reason you're all still here. I'll ask you six questions throughout the next half hour with the answers at the end to keep you listening. And um, might as well start with my first two questions. Right, am I going to know the answers? Because last week I did pretty well. Okay, well... You've probably heard these questions before. Oh. Um, Let's say I haven't. Okay. Okay. Well, question one. What sitcom is set on Craggy Island? Now, you didn't know this answer the first time. Don't shout it out. So, what sitcom is set on Craggy Island? And question two. What is the name of the Breaking Bad spin-off? What is the name of the Breaking Bad spin-off? Right. Okay. So, remember... Four more questions at various stages throughout and the answers at the end. Right, okay, so what have we watched this week then, Jen? I have watched a film, another pandemic-style film, because I like to keep it cheery. It's called Contagion. So some people may have already heard of this because actually when COVID-19 became a big deal in the UK and we started going into lockdown... ITV decided to air Contagion. This may have already been planned. Um, but since it's since lockdown's happened, Contagion has become one of the most searched films online. Um, people really want to watch that, apparently. Maybe it, they want to look into the future. Maybe. It does It does bear some, um, some similarities to what we're going through. It was I've never watched it, so... Okay, so it was originally released in 2011. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Don't know if you recognise that name. Is he a um, Scandinavian DJ? No. Then no. Um, He directed the Oceans franchise. So he has done some really, really good stuff. Um, And I think you can tell that from the number of people who actually star in this film. I'll just name a few. Kate Winslet, Gwyneth Paltrow, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Matt Damon, Brian Cranston. There's more. Okay. A couple of them I like. A couple of them I... But you've heard of them. I have heard of them. Relevant people. So So, yeah. It starts off with someone dropping down dead because they've contracted an illness and it gradually becomes a pandemic. The film follows it through um, a multi-narrative structure. So we learn about it from the family side where people are losing their relatives and their friends um, and are unable to do anything to help. But also the scientific research side, the people battling to find a vaccine, find what the actual cause was. As I say, it's not America saves the day again, is it? Uh, it's a little bit America Saves the Day, unfortunately. Okay. Um, yes, so Kate Winslet, is she actually plays the scientist, but she play, she does play an American. Um, 
So it's a little bit like that, but it is an interesting way of looking at it, especially now that we are living it. Um, includes a great scene where a conspiracy theorist uploads a video to the internet saying they've managed to cure themselves, um, you know, they've made themselves immune, and it then shows the rush um, of people trying to go to pharmacists um, to get this said cure. So it's like us stocking up on bog roll. Exactly, it's a certain mass panic. A certain individual recommending disinfectant and then sales of disinfectant going through the roof. Yeah, we yeah we don't talk about that. Um, but the, the good thing about this film, and I won't give it away in case anyone wants to watch it, is that actually at the end of the film you see where it all started um, and you see how so, the scientists actually did work it out. So you get closure. You do get closure, which I think is important because it does remind us that actually this this will all come to an end. Well, yeah, yes. We hope. For some countries a lot quicker than for us, it would seem, at the moment. Would you recommend it? I'm getting too political. I think compared to compared to quarantine, I would, which is the last film I watched, I would I would recommend this okay. one. Cool. Anything else you watched? No, Contagion's my only one for this week. I think. Okay. What What about you? Any well, TV? Well, I, I finished Innocent, which was I can't remember now. It was ITV. Lee Ingleby um, wrongly accused of murdering his wife. And kind of a mini series, four parter. I finished it this week. I always say to to people if they don't like the ending of a movie or the ending of a book, I ask them, do you actually did you actually enjoy the rest of the movie or the rest of the book apart from the ending? And if you did, then don't let the ending discolour or tarnish your impression of the book or the film. And I think this mini series is like that. I did predict. Um, who who was ultimately responsible? I was just no about to ask. To you, yes, you do predict everything. And I did predict this one. I did predict it quite early, and I was quite. I said at the time, I said, if it is this person, I will be quite annoyed. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and so I was a little bit frustrated at that. However, I did enjoy. It's a four-part mini-series. I did enjoy four and three quarters of three and three quarters of them not good at maths so just the end of the last episode end of the final in. yeah, the, yeah. The, the reveal and I it was telegraphed let's put it that way but I would recommend it it is good and I do really like Lee Ingleby I think he's very good um, also watched um, Jojo Rabbit oh yeah um, Vine got around to that one which was um, a bit of fun um, and I've started watching White Collar with the with the with the child um, which has been around for ages. I have watched it before, but I've started watching White Collar, which is again on Netflix, and it's a, a feel-good, you know, solve a crime every episode with a couple of narrative threads running throughout. Um, I can't remember the name of the two characters, the two um, primary characters. I was going to ask if there's anyone in it that we know. I'm sure there is. They well, look familiar. Yeah, but it's good. record. It's like you know, kind of harmless entertainment an hour a week or whenever however often you watch it but yeah I think that's um um it's just say about Jojo Rabbit the the star of the show for me was um uh, a little kid called Yorkie he was brilliant he had he had some cracking lines in it um so I, w- I would recommend um having a go at getting that on DVD and watching that we did recommend it last week I think yeah. it's coming out um, yeah and now that we've seen it it was definitely light relief I mean how you make light of that situation I wasn't sure how they were going to do it but yeah it, yeah, it was I'll, great yeah okay right that's your uh, what we've watched this week um, some hopefully might pick up some ideas for yourselves 
Right, OK, I think we're on for two more questions. Right, yeah, go on in, two more questions. Question number three. Who played the title character in Edward Scissorhands? That's your question three. And question four. BBC Three series Normal People is based on a book of the same name. But who wrote the book? So BBC Three series Normal People is based on a book of the same name. But who wrote the book? Okay, I think that's those two questions. Remember, the answer's at the end and two more questions to come. Right. Okay, right, deep dive time. Yay! <clears throat> and you've decided to um, choose um, classic gangster movie, Goodfellas. Yes, this, I have. This week, right. Um, okay, why? <sighs> One of my favourite films... It's just fantastic. The more I watch it, the more I love it. And it's a rare film for me that is, it is two and a half hours and it is long, but I am gripped for every second of that. Love it. Do you know why that is? Out of curiosity, do you know why you are gripped for every second of that? I feel like you're about to do some psychological evaluation on me. Well, no, I was just, I was <laughs> doing a little bit of um, reading on it and, um, by comparison to last week's film, which was uh, 1917, and it was that long, that long sh shot, you know, yeah. well, I don't know what the technical term is, but make it look like it was long shot takes. in one, long takes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Scorsese decided that this, this film, he was going to do the opposite, that it was going to be lots of short, high-impact scenes, and he said his, decision, his, his um, argument was, have a whole film full of short, high-impact scenes will be absolutely exhilarating for the audience. So that's that why you loved every second. There you go. There you well, go. the film does cover 25 years. So two and a half hours, you think, yeah, that's probably long enough. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that at all. No, it doesn't. It, it, time does fly in it, all right. Okay, so why? So that's, yeah, good first. One of your favourite films? Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of, I mean, look, if there is anybody listening who hasn't heard of <laughs> Goodfellas before, give them a little um, kind of pricey as to... Okay, let, let's start with what the film is based on. The film is based on a real story. So the gangsters in the film were real people. Focuses primarily on one called Henry Hill, um, who states that ever since he's been a child, he has wanted to be a gangster. He grew up in New York. He grew up in that area. He's seen it all around him and he wants that life for himself. And so it follows his story of joining a mob family becoming integrated with them and living that life and then ultimately the end which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but the film is based on a book that was written about Henry Hill and the mob family, a book called Wise Guy written by Nicholas Pileggi. Um, and Scorsese actually never intended to create a film such as Goodfellas again, he was sort of done with the, with the mob films. And then I think it was you that told me that he read the book um, no, while he was on he the set, read, he read, he read the, oh, did he? Yeah, he okay. He was on the set of another film that he was doing. He read the proofs and then he got in touch with Nicholas Pledgy and he said, he cold called him. There you go. And he says, I've been, this is the film I've been waiting all my life to produce. And Pledgy replied, this is the phone call I've been waiting all my life to receive. If that isn't oh, amazing, lovely. I don't know what it that's is. That's lovely, isn't it? I, I hope, love I hope it. it's true. I hope it's true. Oh, I really hope it is. So a lot of research has gone into this film because it is based on a true story and Henry Hill was uh, very much alive at the time that this film was being made and Henry Hill was even contacted about 
his life so that the characters could get a real idea of who they were portraying and what life was like. Um, almost like a bit of method acting, trying to get into that do you character. Know, do you know who contacted him the most? Well, I thought it was Ray Liotta, but I feel like you were about to tell me otherwise. No, no, Ray Liotta, no, it was, it was Robert De Niro. Ah. Robert De Niro contacted him seven or eight times a day. Because wow. he played um, the character Jimmy. Jimmy Conway, yes. Yeah, and he wanted, he, even as far as like, how does he hold his cigarette? Does he hold it like this? Seven or eight times a day he contacted him. Well, um, can't, you can't say Robert De Niro didn't research that role then. Um, so yeah, I we talked a little bit about the actors. So Ray Liotta plays main man Henry Hill. Ray Liotta, who I realised from doing my research, has not done a lot else. Has not done films that I've seen anyway. Goodfellas seemed to be his big, not his big break. He was already famous, but it seems to be the best thing he's ever done in my eyes. Other people may say that he's been in something a bit more underground that I don't know of. Um, before that, he was in a film called Something Wild, which was an action comedy, and he was nominated um, for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor there. But he's fantastic in Goodfellas. Robert De Niro plays Jimmy Conway, one of Henry's associates, and the fabulous Joe Pesci plays Tommy, um, who, I mean, Joe Pesci's just fantastic, isn't he? You love him. I, I do, I think he's, like, for a little guy, and I'm not a big guy myself, <laughs> but for a little guy, he's terrifying. He's brilliant. Yeah. He, he, he's just so... He, Tommy, the, apparently, um, Henry Hill says that um, Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy is 90, 95% accurate. Wow. The only difference is that the real Tommy was actually quite a big man. And Joe Pesci's obviously quite diminutive. Yeah. But um, there are some absolutely blinding scenes of Joe Pesci on edge and placing everybody else on edge and being an unpredictable character. And again, you're going to talk about um, the direction from Scorsese. Yes, and, I am. And how like, the, so, the ad-libbing and... Yeah. So there was a lot of creative freedom, shall we say, on this film. Um, so Joe Pesci later sta uh, stated that Scorsese just used to give um, the actors creative freedom. They were in touch with Pileggi. Um, obviously, they were talking about the book, but Pileggi used to give them leftover research material to use to influence their characters. And so Scorsese would just let the actors improvise in front of him before the finalised script was even written, he would then take the lines that the actors said that he particularly liked and he put it all into the finalised script. So a lot of the conversations that you see happening are conversations that the characters have simply made up on the spot. There was one in particular that I found that was Joe Pesci in one of his terrifying scenes as Tommy, where Henry Hill says, oh, you're funny, you're a funny guy. And Tommy says, what do you mean funny? And turns on him and it's, it's cold and everyone goes quiet. The music's gone. It's absolutely terrifying. And Joe Pesci later stated that this was actually something that happened to him when he was a waiter. He complimented a kind of mob-like guy, thinking it would be, you know, a compliment to tell him that he was funny. And it was not taken well at all. And that's one of my favourite scenes. And the fact that that wasn't written in the script initially... Again, I think it, it's credit to the actors there, well, for sure. Lucky, he's lucky he didn't get shot, like his character shot Spider. Oh, poor Spider. Yeah, Spider was a... Well, I, I, I don't even know if he was a waiter. He just used to serve drinks um, at the club late at night and he, 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 did, he did something wrong and Pesci just... Well, Tommy just overreacts and, yep, Spider ends up um, dead. Shot. Yeah. 
It happens quite a lot in the film. Yeah, I think people it, won't be surprised to hear. A lot of shooting, a lot of death. Yeah, so, um, right, I thought I, did I interrupt you? Where were you, where were you going? What were you saying? No, that was fine. I was, I was just talking about Joe Pesci's um, ad-libbing there. So you're talking about Scorsese, director. What, what, you talked about Ray Liotta's not, um, kind of uh, filmography, if you like. He hasn't done a lot of no. big things, noteworthy things since that we're aware of. No. Perhaps. And Liotta had never worked with Scorsese before, but Robert De Niro had done. Um, he did Mean Streets, Taxi Driver... Raging Bull, he, so Scorsese knew him of old, they'd worked together closely. Um, and obviously Robert De Niro, everyone knows who Robert De Niro is, he's fantastic. Um, so Scorsese uses these actors again and again, but... I heard, um, I read that Al Pacino was offered the job, the role of Jimmy first and turned it down and later... Why did he turn it he down? Turned, he turned it down because he was worried about being typecast. Um, but he then did The Irishman. Quite a number of years later. <laughs> um, yeah, he says he regrets that decision, and you can see you can wow. see why. And actually, Robert De Niro was offered the role of either Jimmy or Tommy and chose Jimmy. I think I think Robert De Niro works as Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy's like the, the level-headed kind of, I'm the man of business, I just get stuff done. Tommy's a loose cannon. Yeah. Yeah, and he's fantastic. Um, yeah, I could, um, yeah, could go on about Joe Pesci. I should point out actually that this film was nominated for um, I think five Oscars. Um, Joe Pesci won for Best Supporting Actor, but the film lost out to Dances with Wolves for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay. Good old Kevin Costner. Good old Kevin Costner there, and Lorraine Bracco, who plays Henry's Henry's wife, Karen. She. I know. Apparently, um, she lost out to, as best supporting actress um, to Whoopi Goldberg for Ghost, um, and we'll talk more about Lorraine Bracco as Karen later because you you probably got the sense that this is quite a male dominated film. It's it's a gangster film. It's the men doing business, but Lorraine Bracco she holds her own as Karen. She really does. You might as well talk about her now. Go for it. Okay, so Lorraine Bracco. Not sure, again, where people might know her from. Looking at her now, I would not recognise her at all. Um, but she plays Henry's girlfriend and then wife, Karen. When you first meet Karen, well, what was your first impression of Karen when you meet her in the restaurant on the double date that, that Henry's so reluctant to be on? Um, not, not, I didn't, I didn't realise she was about to become quite a, f a focal point in the film or a central character in the film. She was quite standoffish. Minus, very yeah. very peripheral. Yeah. Um, but um, and Henry wasn't remotely interested in her whatsoever. No, he didn't want to be there. Tommy drags him on this double date because he said he'll he'll only get a date with this girl if she can bring her friend along. So Henry, you know, Henry helps out. By the second date, Henry's decided not to even show up. So Karen's left sobbing at the table. So you think, oh, you know, women being portrayed as weak and vulnerable. Oh no, not our Karen. Um, Karen drives up to where she knows Henry is at a restaurant, all his mates are there, um, these mob guys, and she screams at him in the street saying, you do not stand me up, you don't do that. And she tells him, you're gonna pay. And he does, he takes her out and eventually they get married and have two children together. And she ends up with her own narration in the film as well. Ray Liotta as Henry narrates a lot of the film, moves it forward, helps with the speed. But Karen is given her own voiceover to show that she's equally important in this story. She fully integrates herself into the lifestyle and by the end of the film she's looking 
she's looking very, very rough and tired of this mob life, of this fear of having to be on the run, of dealing with Henry, who's doing deals everywhere. She doesn't really know where he is anymore and what he's doing. But she is crucial to his life as a gangster as well. Yeah, she's and she gets her own, her own um, what do you call it? Narration. Narration, yeah. yeah she so tells that's... the story from her perspective, which yeah. is great. But I know your your one of your favourite scenes ever oh. is, is is a you know kind of Karen's induction into Henry, yeah. Henry's life. So how did he how did he win her over? How did he influence her? How did he treat her? That what was that? So they they're going to a restaurant at the Copacabana. Cool. Yeah, interesting and... Scorsese. It's a real restaurant, and yeah. Scorsese used to go there. He used to love going there. Yeah, um, so it's it's well recognised by people in that area. It's it's the place to be. Um, so Henry parks up at the front of the restaurant, and there's a queue of people waiting to get in. And first of all, he gives the keys to someone um, to go and park his car, which surprises Karen. And that's actually how Henry started out. He used to go and park the cars for the mobsters when he was a teenager and earn tips that way. And instead of waiting in the queue or going through the front door he leads karen through the back of the restaurant through all the staff through the kitchen and he's tipping everyone along the way he's just throwing notes at people and so she looks quite surprised by what he's doing and they get to the restaurant straight away a table's pulled up right in the front because it's the copacabana there's live music and entertainment at night table right at the front henry shaking hands with all the guys around him and they're seated in the best spot in the whole restaurant and Karen's narration says that at the time she, you know, she wasn't necessarily, I don't know, put off by it. She didn't wonder where this kind of money was coming from, where this kind of power was coming from. But she admits that she was really intrigued by it. Um, and it's, it's such a beautiful Everyone scene. Everyone loves because a bad boy. They do. And the scene, it doesn't cut away at all. It is a long take. And you know how much I love my long takes. And it's, it's her complete induction into gangster life. How can she turn back after that? Like, it, it's too good to be true. And it, it really was. Okay. Um... Oh, funny thing about that scene. That scene only happened because um, of filming issues with going in the front way. They had to go in the back way. Scorsese didn't have that as a vision, but I think it works beautifully now. And it was to Trivia. reflect her... We're making a hand motion for those uh, of you yeah, who can't yeah. see. Her, um, descent? Into, no, well, kind of not descent, but like um, <laughs> journey into yes. his, his world. Yeah, and it makes it look all smooth and easy, but we realise, obviously, later on, nothing yeah, is as easy as that. It unravels. Yes, it does. All right, well, anything else you've got to say? So I've got down here, like, um, what's it, kind of basis for the storyline? Director, you've talked about, anything else about director? Cast. No, we've talked about there's there's lots of cast in there, other people that you would recognise, including well you wouldn't recognise them, but they are in it. Um Scorsese's own parents. His mother is in it. She plays Tommy's mother. Nice little cameo there. Um No, I think I've covered all the main actors. I've covered Karen. Right, okay, and then so next is like um kind of what's your favourite aspect of the film? Like your good your good takeaway from it? I think just, I love the fact that it's based on a real story and that this is so true to what was going on. None of it really has to be exaggerated. I think there are moments that are exaggerated, but when you delve into that underworld, these things really did happen. There's a, there's a scene which is a montage of the dead bodies all piling up. 
because you know if you mess up someone is going to take you out and that is exactly what happened doing my research i found they were still recovering bodies of people who'd gone missing in the 80s as recent as 2004 2005 and people just disappeared and what um so the real henry hill obviously um breaks the golden rule of gangster which is he does he turns on his friends yeah you keep your mouth shut yeah and you don't say you don't speak to the police and he turns on them and he him and his kim and karen and his their two kids two kids yeah get put into witness witness protection protection, yes um so that's a decision henry makes towards the end of the film where he well he realized in his life that um in a conversation with jimmy conway played by de niro he realizes that they're planning uh, they're planning a sort of trip to Florida there's going to be a deal and Henry realises that if he'd gone to Florida if he'd taken them up on that offer he would have been killed there so he makes the decision to go into witness protection to protect himself and his family because he's in too deep and, and do you know how many people were actually convicted as a result of his confession no over 50 Jesus. So he was taking a bit of a gamble. A little bit, yeah. Because it only focuses on two. It focuses on De Niro's character and Paulie, who is another major boss as well. He did an interview with The Guardian newspaper in 2010 where he he kind of marvelled at the the fact that he was still alive. Yeah. And he he reckoned that it was because everybody from his era was dead or in prison or dead. And But the reality is probably that he... He, he was actually probably too famous to be taken yeah. out and it would be too obvious too obvious people now people wouldn't get away with it yeah because he went into witness protection in the um, 80s but he was then removed from it in the 90s because he kept committing crimes while he was under witness protection um, he had a lot of drug related issues so they actually <laughs> kicked him out of witness protection by this point Karen had divorced him in the same year that the film was released in 1990 um, and he was continually arrested throughout his later life before he became ill, and he died in 2012. Right. It's a sad. It's a sad ending. You look at that. You look at that film, and you think, God, he had everything. I'm, I'm, yeah. We don't I'm, necessarily empathise, okay, but um, yeah, he did. He was responsible <laughs> for a lot of other people dying and suffering. And, oh, he was. So I'm, 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 you know, forgive me for not <laughs> feeling too much sympathy for him. Um, anything negative about the film? I really struggle with finding the negatives of these films because I say that they're some of my favourite films. At the moment, no. I can't think of anything negative because I think it's so well researched and just so well done. And like I said, I'm gripped for every second. I don't think there's any scene where I think that was completely unnecessary. Um, no, I don't know if you've got anything to add about that because I don't think I do. No, I, no. Um, I kind of, the proof is really, and I've seen it several times and sat down during the week to watch it again. I thought, well, it's over two two hours long. We'll watch it in two sittings, but we didn't. We watched it in one go, and that kind of testament to how engaging it is. Sounds really good. Right, and here we go, your favourite bit. Um, give it um, a, a rating out of five. So I'm just going to remind you, you gave Vertigo 4.5. You gave 1917 4.6. What are you giving um, Goodfellas? Oh no, I feel like I'm going to get higher every week. Oh, I haven't said anything negative. How can I justify it if I give it anything less than five? 
Okay. I might have, I might have to say five on this one because I at the moment I, I've just watched it again and I can't I can't think of anything negative. Glorifies violence. Okay. Female depiction isn't fantastic. She has a, a voice, but I mean really we haven't yeah we haven't really talked about she, that. She plays the role of an abused woman. Why? She does. Henry has multiple girlfriends that he goes and sees, and but he just keeps them sweet. So it's whether that takes away from you know it's a real depiction of. What it's real happened, though, yeah. So. It's it's for the time. Anyway, it's your mark. I'm saying five. Okay. I, w- I wouldn't give it five myself, but then I'm not giving the mark, so I've made a note of that. Yeah, that's I don't like giving now. the marks, but... That's on record now, so it's a five. Yeah. Right, anything else to say? Has it withstood the test of time? Because it's what, how old is it now? 30 years old? Yeah. So, has it withstood the test of time? I think so, because... Well, actually, I don't know if I can answer that, because I think I'd have to watch The Irishman as a more recent gangster film to see a comparison because I don't watch gangster films. I really don't. Other than um Godfather. The Godfather, yeah. Which I'm not a massive fan of the Godfather. I can see why it's good, but I Reservoir Dogs. Love Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Um but does it stand the test of time? I mean it's based on a true story and so the fact is that story is still relevant because it it happened. What's the gangster film with Nicolas Cage playing the boss man? I have not got a clue. No, I can't remember. Right, okay. I think we're done. Are we done on that? Anything else to add to Goodfellas? Or is your deep dive <laughs> done? I I think I feel like there's so much more I could say, but I could ramble on for ages. I just think when you watch the film, do your research on the real life story because you'll see how influenced the actors were to take on these roles and how true they are to life as it were. That life. That life, yes. Right, okay. Well, let's let's wrap wrap that up there. Right, okay. I think it's time for two more my last two questions, right? Okay. Question number 5. What was the first film that Quentin Tarantino directed? So, what was Tarantino's directorial debut? And question six, the final question. What is the name of Keanu Reeves' character in The Matrix? What's the name of Keanu Reeves' character in The Matrix? Right, there are your six questions. Answers in a couple of minutes. Um, right, what's coming up on DVD, Netflix TV this week that we should look out for? Let's start with DVD. So, Monday, 8th of June... Two DVDs I think people should be looking out for. The first one is the film A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Oh, yes. We saw it in cinema, um, and it, it really was a great film. Starring Tom Hanks, it's a biographical drama, so based on a true story about a troubled journalist who is forced to interview a man called Fred Rogers, who was the creator and host of a children's TV show called Mr Rogers' Neighbourhood. And this journalist just... He's, he just doesn't believe that someone can be so nice like Mr. Rogers. He thinks it must all be an act for the cameras, that his real life must be so different, that he can't keep up that persona all the time. But gradually, he interviews Rogers over a period of time and he has more of a profound impact um, on his life than he'd first imagined. It's a really beautiful film. Yeah, it's a nice, easy-going, relaxed film. Yeah, it's, you know... If you don't want to watch a film about violence and killing, this is a brilliant alternative there. Um, The other one 
is The Lighthouse, which is another film that I saw the trailer for and I didn't really understand the trailer, I will admit. I didn't really know what was going on. But it's got Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in and it's a psychological horror film. Um, it's shot completely in black and white, so some of you may now be thinking you might have seen the trailer before if you remember seeing a trailer in black and white. And the premise is it's two lighthouse keepers who start to lose their sanity when a storm strands them on the remote island where they are stationed. Now that I've read a little bit more about it, I'm quite interested to watch that myself because it's the sort of thing I would like to watch. Can a little bit darker. You can watch that on your own. Ha. Huh. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll brave it on my own. Um, so that's good for DVDs. On Netflix, again going something quite dark here, uh, but I think it's important to watch, is the docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. That came out earlier this week, I believe. It's a limited series on Netflix, and it's a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein and stories from survivors about how he used his wealth and power to carry out his abuse. So again, not something light-hearted, but I think it could be a very interesting take on Jeffrey Epstein's story and everything that was going on in the media last year. So some people might be interested in that. Okay. And is that it for this week? Yeah, I haven't got anything for TV at the moment, but I'll have a look, ready for next week, see if there's anything coming up soon. Just avoid the news. Yeah. Right, okay, um, I think it's yeah, answer time. Is that right? Yeah, question yeah. answer time. Okay, so six questions. First one, what sitcom is set on Craggy Island? And the answer, of course, is... Father Ted. Father Ted. Go on. <laughs> okay, uh, question two. What is the name of the Breaking Bad spin-off? Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, which I love. Um, question three. Who played the title character in Edward Scissorhands? Johnny Depp. He did indeed. Question four, BBC Three series Normal People is based on a book of the same name. Who wrote the book? Sally Rooney. From County Mayo in Ireland, <laughs> where my family hail. Ooh. Question five, what was the first film that Quentin Tarantino directed? Reservoir Dogs. Is the right answer. And the final question, what is the name of Keanu Reeves' character in The Matrix? Neo. Neo, right. Six for six. Six for six. Now, you did have a bit of prep on that, though. Would you have got six for six? No. Right. <clears throat> well, I know there's definitely one of them you didn't know. Okay, I didn't know the Father Ted one, admittedly. No, you didn't. I didn't watch uh, it, I'm sorry. Criminal. <laughs> um, right, okay, now, last section then. One good, one bad from the week. Have you got anything... If you haven't, you can throw it back to me. I'm going to throw it back to you. Right, okay. This is the third podcast and the third week in a row where I've, I'm picking one good, one bad from the same thing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going with Jojo Rabbit. Mm. One good? Yeah, it's a good movie. Good, fun movie. You have a laugh. It's like... The bad, though, is like when you think, hang on a minute, this is um, about the Nazis and Hitler and the um, portrayal of Hitler is almost endearing in this film, which... I know it's a satire, but I'm wondering, yeah, how effectively it satires the Nazis. Um, and the other little gripe I have, and it is a common refrain, a, a recurring re thing for me, is we have English actors playing German speaking, in, playing German speaking English, but with accents. Yeah. So English actors playing Germans speaking English, but with accents. Ah, uh, that does my head in. 
I feel like we need to watch a foreign language film I don't mind with subtitles. subtitles. I can yeah. read. But, but, but the accents, <laughs> I don't. Anyway. But it is a fun movie, right? It's a fun movie. And, and um, in, in terms of just enjoying it for, for its movie's sake, without maybe delving too, too, too much beyond that. Um, so that's me done on my one good, one bad. Anything, though? No, I don't It's all good in your, in your world. That's great to hey, hear. Hey, I've watched Goodfellas. What, what can I say? It's all right. good. I think we're done. Okay. Is it lunchtime yet? Definitely. Right, lunchtime. See you guys. Back next week. See you later. See you later.